Yeah, good to go. Yep. <coughs> Welcome back to the rules. This is really the TV for the movies. Agent the rules. Yeah, multi-classing. Today we're going to be talking about multi-class. Multi-class. Lilu multi-class. What is multi-classing, JT? It's exactly what it sounds like. You can take two or more classes, put them together, and use these super special rules to squeeze. Like a. Got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> a squishable object that you might want. Like when you have two Skittles and you want to see which one's the stronger Skittle and you squish them together. You need to get out more, man. <laughs> <laughs> you need to battle. You need to find out which one is the most powerful Skittle. So, multiclassing is a, <laughs> is a very useful feature. There's a few ways to really squeeze the best out of it. If you want to play in a flavorful way, in my experience, you will probably be a bit weaker than single-classed characters. Yeah. Unless you're specifically going for specific builds that may be a bit broken, combining specific things. On the whole, I would say that multi-classings are a bit weaker, but way more versatile. Yeah, so in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what it is, how to do it, and how to get the most out of it depending on what you want out of this. Mm. It's typically going to be for more advanced players. This is something that requires a good handle on all the basic rules that we've covered so far. Yeah. So with multi-classing, there's a few prerequisites. You start your game as normal, choosing a class and all that. If you level up, you can choose a level in a new class. And this is where a very fundamental distinction appears. You have a difference between your class levels and your character levels. So class levels, you can be a level five fighter and a level five wizard. So your class levels will be five, but your character level will be level 10. Yeah, so just splitting up between your different multi-classes. Yeah. Adding them together makes your character level. This is not something you have to think about when you're playing a single class because your character level and your class level is always the same. But mm. the second you choose to add a new path in your you know, adventure, Mm -hmm. of life, that is life, <laughs> um, then you've deviated from that and now your character level will be combined your different classes. Yeah. So if you want to start a new class, there will be ability score minimums. Now this is pretty much always 13. Barbarians, you need strength 13. Bards, you need charisma 13. Cleric, wisdom 13. It goes through. You can find this on page 163. Yeah, interestingly, it is exactly 13 for everything. Some of them need two, like the paladin needs strength and charisma 13. And some have a choice. Like with the fighter, it's strength or dexterity. Options. Yeah. But 13 shouldn't be too difficult to have as well, if you, especially if you're creating a character with multi-classing in mind. Yeah, so I guess this is the difference between leveling up towards this with this in mind or creating a whole new character that is already a level that's high enough that you can start out with multi-classing. Yeah. So the first things to kind of touch on will be the things that run off your character level. So experience points. Experience points are always based on your character level. So let's say you're level three wizard, three fighter. Mm. You're not looking for a level four XP threshold. 
you're looking for a level seven. Yeah. So leveling up is always your character level. So all yeah. the requirements for your character. If level you're using are... experience points, you gain the level when you reach the combined character level threshold for your XP. Mm. Another thing that's based on your character level is your proficiency bonus. So it's always based on the total character level as shown in the character advancement table. Yeah, so your proficiency bonus will be based on your character level. Which yeah. would be universal across your party if it's all the same level. Yeah, everyone gets their proficiency bonus at the same time. Yeah. So it would be a super easy. big bummer to have like a level <laughs> three proficiency bonus. Yeah, when everyone else, everyone is, else is riding like, around level seven. Yeah, or you're like, oh yeah. man. <laughs> Things that run off your individual character levels, hit yeah. points and hit dice. Yeah, so how do hit dice work when you level up in a particular class? It's pretty simple. You just have a pool of hit dice and those hit dice are equal to the class levels that you have. So if you are a wizard with a D6 and a paladin with a D12. I mean a D10 here. Let's say you've got three paladin levels. You have three D12s in your hit dice pool. 3d10s. And you got three wizard levels, you'll have 3d6s. Okay, so, so if you... I level up in wizard, and I, like, I level up and I want to put this towards my wizard class, mm. I'm adding a wizard hit yeah. dice that level. And it's kind of similar with the hit points. You level up your hit points, you add your hit points, as you would when you're gaining a level. So you'll add 1d6 plus your constitution when you level up a wizard. You'll add 1d12 plus your constitution when you level up as a barbarian. You don't get the bonuses for your first level when you start a new class, because normally you'll get a number plus a dice plus your constitution or whatever it is. You don't get that. You just level up normally when you're taking your second class. Okay, so especially if you're starting with a character that is already beyond level one, like if I'm making a level 10 character for a new campaign, yeah, then I need to decide which one is my like base class. The higher one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this is one of the ways that you can kind of like gauge what's better, yeah. right? So maybe it's more worthwhile to take the class with the higher hit dice. So when you gain the first level in a class other than your initial class, you gain some of the class's starting proficiencies. You don't gain all of them. And this is all shown in a table on page 164. It's quite big. Yeah, um, and it's pretty Googleable. It. But yeah, it's all on the interwebs. Sorcerer and wizards get nothing. So if you're doing that, don't even bother Googling it. You get nothing. Yeah, we'll save you some, yeah. some heartache. Warlocks get light armor and simple armor. There you go, three. <laughs> <laughs> a quarter of them down. So what speaks out to you? What's like a really nice set of proficiency? What's a really nice voluptuous set of proficiencies? That's quite cool. You get a proficiency in one skill of your choice. It's not just, most of them are just armors and things. Um, Rangers also get one skill from the classes skill tree. Oh. So the ones at the start where it says you can choose from these. You get one of those as a ranger. Okay. But you, for the most part, will not be getting any skill bonuses when mm. you multi-class, you'll be stuck with your base ones, which is another reason to selectively choose which one you're starting as. Mm. Yeah, so if I'm like a base wizard and then I get a fighter class, can I all of a sudden use like all of the weapons? All simple weapons, all martial weapons, yeah. yeah. You have unlocked a karate kid, basically. So those are the proficiencies, it's pretty straightforward. Now there are a few class features that may clash. They're right, so normally when you get a level into a particular class, you just inherit all of the class features and you just get those things. 
you know, like normally. Yeah, when you level up, you get the feats, features. Yeah, and that works all the same abilities. how we talked about before, mm. except for a few. First one, Channel Divinity. How does that change? So Channel Divinity, there are multiple different classes that you might get that will have Channel Divinity. For example, if you were a cleric and then you inherited some levels in a paladin, mm. you, both of these classes have Channel Divinity. So their abilities will be different. You can inherit both of these abilities, but your uses and the rules around the uses of Channel Divinity stay the same. So you don't get extra uses when you inherit this. So if I'm a level three paladin and a level seven cleric, do I use Channel Divinity as though I was level 10 or do I use it as though I was level seven? Oh, you use the higher one. So it'd be like I'm level seven. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a lot of these things that are class level based, you'll notice that like you're going to be hitting a little bit lower mm. than your party because your class level will always be lower because yeah. you have two of them. Yeah, this is kind of the simple restrictions. Another one is extra attack. Yeah, so extra attack, no. You, <laughs> you just don't, you don't keep getting extra attack. You get it once. And then that's it. You can't make more than two attacks with this feature unless you're a fighter, which you already get that. Yeah, that's kind of their whole thing, isn't yeah. it? So it'd be pretty bad if you just couldn't use fighter's yeah, main. No. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. yeah, so unless you're a fighter, you don't just keep stacking extra attacks. And with the fighter, it says that you can. Yeah. So you follow that rule. There's also an ability for a warlock called Thirsting Blade. So if you're using this, it doesn't give you additional attacks if you also have extra attacks. So you can't stack. Yeah, That's you a, can't stack. That might help attacks. exactly one person listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite common. A lot of things. Barbarians get extra attack. Rangers get extra Well, attack, I mean, the Thirsting Blade attack. Oh, tidbit, yeah. Okay, you know? fair enough. So you're a warlock with Thirsting Blade who's also got another class in, a, in, in something Fighter? like an extra attack. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> One, you get one. Let's let's ruin your fun parade for a second. <laughs> what about unarmored defense? There's a couple classes that have that. Yeah, so you just have it. It doesn't get any different. Unarmored defense, it will be according to the rules. So of, you just don't gain it again. You just don't they get don't it again. Stack. Yeah, they don't stack. You just have your normal, what, like, con plus dex as plus your 10, AC. Yeah. yeah. The big elephant in the room is spell casting. Yeah, so here's where things get a little weird. A little weird. So it, it's it's not too bad. The, the way you know and prepare them are kept separate. So if you are a ranger and a cleric, you will know a list of spells as though you were a cleric of level four, if you're level four, and you will know a ranger list of spells as you were level six, if you were level six. And how you prepare them is exactly the same. It's all linked to your class. You cannot prepare a ranger spell as though you were a cleric or vice versa. Um, it's like kind of playing two separate characters right. in one. Right, so for all intents and purposes, it's like you have two separate spell books. Yeah, it's oil and water, they don't mix. Right, so it might be, if you use like, if you're one of those people who use an app to manage your spells, maybe it's worth it to make two separate characters. Unless they support multi-classing, in which case yeah, you can just Yeah, most should, right? Yeah, so. Same with cantrips, and also, and your spell book, like any special things associated with different classes. You keep them separate. Right, so you have all, you have access to all of the amount of spells and prepared spells and methods for preparing spells as that class allows for that level. When you're casting those spells, you're using the ability modifier that 
those spells are designed for. So if you're casting a wizard spell, you'll be using your intelligence. If you're casting a sorcerer spell, you'll be using your charisma. Okay. So you need that, two separate lists. That is important to remember when you're creating your multi-class idea as mm. well. Because yeah. that will affect, like, it would kind of suck if you have just totally different abilities that you can't yeah. get to gel. It, it generally means that you'll know more spells than someone who is single classed. Yeah. But it's a bit more finicky to cast them. Yeah, I guess the theme of this whole thing is that you are getting access to much more stuff, you know, just much more yeah. variety of stuff, but it's all generally less effective. Mm. And the last thing to say is that if you have a spell casting focus, like a holy symbol, you can only use it to cast spells from the class associated with that focus. Oh, that's fun. So you have to have one focus for every spell casting <laughs> yeah, class yeah. that you are. Another thing, actually, if a cantrip of yours increases in power at higher levels, it increases based on your character level. That is a really important thing to learn. That is. That yeah. really is. That means so, your cantrips are going to be more powerful than most of your others. I mean, that, yeah. If you're really, if you're triple classing, then that, that becomes a real thing. You can just become a cantrip king. Yeah, that's a really important fact. Okay, so your cantrips follow your character level, not your class level. Yeah. I'm learning this right now. So that's pretty cool. So what about spell slots? How do they work? Spell slots are difficult. There is a table of spell slots. As far as I can tell, it's pretty much the same as every full caster, but double check that. It's on page 165. You'll find it there. For those with the Google out there, you can Google multi-class spell slots table. Yeah, that will find it. So you determine your spell slots by adding together all your levels in the Bard, Cleric, Druid, Sorcerer, and Wizard classes, so the full casters, you just add them together and that is how many spell slots you have um, looking at the level. If you have a half caster, like Paladin, Ranger, something like that, you add half your level, rounded down. And then weirdly, if you are a fighter or a rogue with Eldritch Knight or Arcane Trickster, because they can use magic, you add a third of your level, rounded down. So you add those all together, you look up which level you are equivalent to in the multi-class spellcaster table, and that's how many spell slots you have. Okay, so this is something that you can't determine without this table, basically. I mean, you need to know this specific information to determine this. It's not yeah. from your class. Yeah, well, as soon as you take another level in a class, you're kind of throwing your class table out the window a little bit the spell slots are spell class table. yeah yeah the rest is still important and then you're using this now the way it's set up you could end up with spell slots above the levels you could learn so you could end up with a fifth level spell slot even though you can't cast fifth level spells in either of your classes because you just haven't reached that level in a class yet mm. so when you do this you can still use those spell slots to cast lower level spells that's fine but it, you don't get any fifth level spell slots. You're still restricted. What is kind of cool is if a spell has an enhanced effect, you know how some of them say you can cast this at a higher level and oh, you can still so you can start to do those. that. Yeah, you can still use those. So it's like you just have access to more power, but not as much knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty, pretty much exactly. Yeah. One thing to note is that if you're a warlock, you're not running on this multi-casting spellcaster because warlocks aren't spellcasters they get packed magic instead so the packed magic is just separate 
kind of. You can use the pack magic spell slots to cast things, any of your other spells. Yeah, so that's interesting in the way where it's like, pack magic, the difference between that and spell casting is- Because they always cast to the highest level. Yeah, it's normally just kind of like a fun fact. It's like, oh, warlocks aren't technically spell casters. They use pact magic. Yeah. But now it's like, here's a actual thing. Yeah, like, difference it that affects. it makes. Yeah. So it's kind of cool because you can use the pack magic spell slots interchangeably to cast wizard spells, which is something that everything else is kept separate. But this is an interaction that you can take advantage of. Right. So you get your pack magic spell slots based on your warlock level. Yeah, it right? also works both ways. You can use spell slots you gain from spell casting to cast pack magic spells, like your warlock spells. That, that can be know. quite versatile. Yeah, right? it is. It basically just brings the warlock more in line with the others if you're multi-classing it. Yeah, and I think that's quite nice because you can, you can get access to a greater pool of spells. Yeah. And cast them with the Warlock's super special, I cast it at the highest level I can always. It's pretty neat. Type of thing. But you only get a few. Yeah, as we talked yeah, about in the like Warlock. One, two, three. Like four is the highest things. amount of yeah, slots that they like that. get. I might go up to six. I can't remember. But yeah, keep an eye out for that. That's multi-classing. That's all the rules for multi-classing. What do you think of multi-classing? You've played a multi-class character quite recently. Yeah, I think like one really, I guess, tough thing. Mm to get started with this was just thinking about how do you start with a multi-class idea, you know, especially if like, I guess there's two scenarios. There's one where you're starting out a game and you're like literally level one and you're progressing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're even higher and you're just one class and you want to get into multi-classing from level one of a new class mm -hmm. when you level up versus making an entirely new character with a whole multi-class design in mind. I think there's a lot of room for kind of character growth. Like if you just hang around with a paladin a lot in your party and he teaches you the ways and you convert to the religion, then maybe you can get a cleric level or a paladin level or something in that. Oh, so like, like lean into it as a naturally. story. Yeah, as a story. Like you don't have to min-max it or try and find what would really work well with this. You can use it as a story mechanic. That might be the easiest way, because when I first started multi-classing, I went straight into like your level 13 mm. and make a character that has two classes, <laughs> right? It's like the amount of choice and possibilities are quite daunting and huge, right? The amount of variations, because you take all the rules from all the classes that you have, and then you have the complexity of being able to mix them in any way that you want. It's just quite daunting. I think if you already have yeah. an idea in mind, it's easier. Yeah, I th I think go with what you think is cool. <laughs> I like the idea of making a story. Yeah, if you think a fighter warlock is cool, if that's the image you have in your head, run with it. I unless you're you've got that personality type, I wouldn't recommend torturing yourself sprawling through every combination of like. I think it also helps being a little bit lower leveled because in a game where you're like, you know, pushing 13, 14, 15 and higher. Yeah, there's just so many more abilities you're juggling. Yeah, there's a lot of abilities. And also um, a tough thing was I was always worried about being so underpowered that I would be kind of just not a contributor to the yeah. game. Yeah, that's definitely a kind of... Because you are normally, on average, a bit underpowered. I played in a game with a guy who made it his mission in life to get one level from every class. 
and oh, I bet that turned out fantastic. Oh, his character was dog shit. <laughs> it's hilarious, like because he was like, I can do this, I can do that, <laughs> like trying to be like a rogue paladin as well, like trying to juggle his personality. There were some good funny times, but also he he didn't excel at anything. All his stats were like thirteen across the board that he had, yeah like, right leaned into and begged, borrowed, and stealed. My from name is Hot Garbage, <laughs> and yeah, he didn't like he didn't unlock spellcasting for a lot of his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would just be like wizard. Yeah, so it was just kind of like it wasn't even jack of all trades. He was like master of none. Nine of clubs of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, extra uh, beaten up like card from Uno that you found <laughs> in your in your deck of, of yeah. regular cards. That's yeah. It was a good time though. It was funny. We all leaned into it, and it was quite a light-hearted campaign. He did have this kind of split personality going on. All right, so I don't know if that fits into a recommendation for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I think that my the recommendation is do what you think is cool. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink multiclassing. Okay. Unless you're so a real like... min-maxer and you get joy of that, don't pull your hair out trying to make the best possible like combination of two classes. Lean into the story. Lean into what you think is cool. Lean into what you want. Yeah, I also think that it would probably be easier to get started if you were to, you know, already be playing this game for a while, and you yeah. just dip your toes and get one level, your next character level in a different class. Yeah, don't don't do this if this is your like first like few sessions or anything, and if you're going to get a new class, go up to level two because that's normally when you get the good stuff, like mm. level two, very rarely level three. So be prepared to commit a couple levels into it. But yeah, definitely dip your toes, have a little go. It's not the end of the world. And I mean, to be honest, if you find out you really don't like it, you would have to have a very heartless DM who would refuse for you to just take them back and level up in your main class. Yeah, it should be fine. I mean, like yeah. most DMs just want you to be something that you like right? Because this yeah. is your thing, right? This is your class, this is your character, like, most people just want you to have something that you like. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're going to multi-class and you're not sure, ask your DM, just be like, hey, if, if it's really not what I expected, can I, just, just to make sure that there's no miscommunication. So, the second question I would have is, you're already multi-classing, mm -hmm. right? You've been doing it for a little while. How do you make sure that you don't fall behind and become, like, kind of an underpowered player in your... Um, lean into your versatility. Mm. Right, you you probably are going to be underpowered. I mean, there's definitely ways to exploit it. it. It's it's too much. There's too many moving parts to kind of lock it all down. But it's not it's not the end of the world to be a bit underpowered. Right, because D and D really rewards versatility. You know, because it's a yeah. situational game. There's a lot of different circumstances that require like yeah, especially if you can fill a hole in your party's makeup. That might be a good inspiration for getting started with multiclassing as well, is if you have a party where it's like, you have a frequent need that mm. isn't fulfilled, that's kind of a pain. Yeah. This could be a way to pick that up. I kind of lean into that, talk to your DM about it. Honestly, I normally don't mind in my games for someone who's multiclassing to get an extra level at the start. I think we did it in the last game, you were like a level or two above everyone else. Yeah. In multiclassing. And you were still, I mean, there was nothing overpowered about it, and there was no, no one was noticing, like, massive, like, you had way more spell slots or Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So it, it definitely helps, especially if you're trying to, like, do this for You have to be time. ready to do a light homebrew with yeah. multi-classing. There's always going to be a couple of questions and stuff. Just try and look for what's 
fun. Yeah, so when you start, refer to this and read through your character's classes religiously. Read through them in full. Make sure you know yeah. what you're getting into. Or listen to our episodes because they are comprehensive. Oh yeah. <laughs> On that note, that's all we have for today. Yeah, we love you. Take care. You can message me, Toby at rulesaswrittenshow.com. We've got a Patreon, Rules is Written. Yep. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, that helps a lot. Yeah. I love you guys. Yeah, Stay safe. <laughs> See you next time. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>